sharing of the wonderful things that are part of being an ecologist and learning the interactions between things. So the word ecology, eco is house, and ology just means the study of. So it's interesting that it's actually meaning the study of the house, which reminds us what really is the house, is this magnificent planet and all the interactions within it. And given that it's the house and we share it, we can think of all living things as our housemates or even closer, our family. And the great thing today is sharing the story of this rare plant. It's a low-growing plant. It has lovely yellow flowers and it's got a very restricted distribution and where it naturally grows happens to be flat and somewhat useful for building houses on and close to a big city so it's mostly gone and where it hasn't gone are areas where you don't build so there's often things like railway lines um, airport cemeteries those things can be great places to find the original vegetation of a location so another interesting thing about this plant apart from being rare is that it's what's called buzz pollinated now for those of you who love David Attenborough programs you might have seen one where he showed buzz pollination in slow motion which was fantastic to see so in this case a bee native bee a blue banded bee which if you haven't seen them google them too stunning looking little creatures with literally blue bands across their abdomen so blue banded bee comes up in front of the flower and because it's there hovering its wings well not hovering it's hovering and its wings are moving very fast that has a frequency that's emanated from it and that wave that comes out from the bee's wing beats is exactly the frequency that makes the part of the flower that has the reproductive parts so in this case it's the male part which is called a stamen and on the edge of a stamen is an anther and the anthers then open up releasing pollen in response to this frequency so the pollen's not wasted it's right there when you've got the right pollinator and thus the blue banded bee then gets the pollen on it and moves on to the next flower passing it along having such a specific relationship though with a pollinator can also mean that if that particular pollinator is not around very much then the pollination drops off which means your plants will still grow and they may grow from pieces you know um, stems that run along the bottom but they're not growing in what's called sexual reproduction they're not growing where they get the genetics mixed from two parent plants this can add another level of complexity or you know risk to isolated populations because if there's a disease or something that they're not able to cope with if they're genetically the same then it's usual that they all don't cope with it so this genetic diversity is important particularly in small and isolated populations not always the case because you've got you know i think that there's parts of the desert there's a lizard the whole lot of the lizards are female it's called parthenogenesis so the female is able to make herself pregnant she has the eggs and they're all identical because basically it's almost like cloning herself so that's parthenogenesis in lizards 
works really well for them. For this plant, the aim would be to have more sexual reproduction, so to have more movement of that pollen from one flower to other flowers. Then the unique way of doing that, as you can hear, and some of you have probably thought of this, but there is a tuning fork that can be used. Tuning forks all make different frequencies. So there's actually tuning forks that match the frequency of the blue banded bee's wing beads. So you can go out into the field where these flowers are flowering, hit the tuning fork, hold it close to a flower, see the anthers, release their pollen, then the pollen can be picked up with a slightly damp paintbrush and moved to another flower where it can be used to pollinate that flower. So these are all real things that are going on to make sure that in this small population we have genetic diversity continuing. There's also been collection of plants from there and they're growing up in a botanic gardens ready to be re-released in different areas because again another risk is if you have everything in one area and something happens in that location a pollution spill uh, whatever it might be uh, as we said an attack from a fungus or something or a whole plague of rabbits or whatever might happen to spread the risk is to have the plant in different areas so that's happening as well so there's a few things going on to assist this lovely plant and then some may say well it's one plant we have so many different types why keep one plant why put an effort into one let's just have there's a different one that looks sort of similar let's just have that one well I'll let you answer that for your own self but for me when whenever something is rare or endangered and you do have that opportunity to be close to it through study through monitoring through knowing about it there's something emotional okay there's science as well why we should keep diversity but there's something emotional about the loss of a whole genetic particular frequency that makes up a species due to human behavior I understand that the world changes and like we don't have dinosaurs here today so things do go extinct. But when there's precious beauty which is in the case of many of the birds and the small little marsupials and this flower even and these are beautiful and precious things and to think never again if they go is not something I feel comfortable around in that okay I can feel comfortable anywhere because that's you know that's a part of living but what I'm saying in that is I don't just accept that that's okay because things can be done for every one of those species that's gone extinct in Australia in the last 150 years none of it was necessary none of it was climatic none of it was anything but either the pest animals australian brought in or removal of habitat or combinations of things that then lead to stresses that then have other outcomes so in that regard i'm passionate about having these opportunities where we 
assist a plant or an animal that's on the brink of extinction and put many things in place that help them come back. So that's the story of today. The wonderful little plant that's buzz pollinated and the use of the tuning fork to get the anthers to open. And with anything ecological, or probably anything in life, it's important to look at different scenarios, different ways of achieving an outcome, and often to go back to nature and say, well, what would nature have done? And we know here, nature had blue-banded bees to pollinate the flowers. So another one of the strategies we're working with is putting in the habitat again around the site so the blue-banded bees can come back. This would include even the planting of exotics on neighbouring residence places because we would put the exotics in there and compete with the herbertia. But things like rosemary and lavender are really loved by blue-banded bees. I've got some of those in my garden and I know the blue-bandits will often visit them. And then it's like where would the bees sleep? What do they do at night? So having those habitats again. I know I've got some native bees at the moment that just go on dry pieces of grass and go to sleep there. And we have ones, native bees, that will go into bamboo, little tubes. So find out more about your native bees and, and how simple creation of habitat can really bring them back. So that's the plant, bring back the blue banded bees and this rare plant and their wonderful story together.